Hey guys, it's Ryan Alford. Welcome to today's episode of the Radical Company Podcast. It is not Podcast Friday. It's actually Podcast Thursday, and at least for us. Who knows when and what day you're listening. It's actually a Thursday here for us. Uh, we, uh, I am headed to Legoland with the family tomorrow. Actually excited about it. My wife and I planned it, and uh, she planned it, I should say, and I, I came along for the ride, but now excited, headed out of town. But really excited about today's podcast, joined by Bri- Brianna Morse, the Rad Frontier podcast host and the self-mastery coach. Yeah. Thanks for coming on, Brianna. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm excited. I know. So uh, we're going to get into some different topics. Um, Brianna's new to G Vegas, mm-hmm. also known as Greenville. Have you heard that terminology at all? I about have. Greenville? I've actually played in a G Vegas tournament. I love it. I didn't know like how uh, I don't know how broad that it spread. You know, some of my friends say it, but I think every town has that thing. What is like? Yeah, that Greenville. Yeah, here, right. G Vegas. Yeah, back yeah. right in front, it was Ventucky. So yeah, exactly. So uh, I will. You know, been learning and, and absorbing some of Brianna's content here the last couple weeks with her coming on and but welcome to Greenville thank you know, you. I know you've been here for a few months yeah. but uh you know it's good to have some uh some different perspectives in the town yeah you fresh know. meat fresh meat fresh <laughs> just fresh perspective because uh, you know Greenville's booming and doing well but I think we're still stuck in our thought process a little bit yeah. and I think I'm one that's you know I've traveled a lot and been benefit, you know, lived in New York and done some things outside of it. But, mm-hmm. and I wish like a lot of my friends had too, because mm-hmm. I just think we need different viewpoints and different perspectives and different experiences. So anyway, yeah. I'm excited to have you yeah, on you. both on the show and, uh, in the community, uh, so to speak. So, so Brianna originally from California now doing self mastery coaching, um, doing the podcast, mm-hmm. you know, I'd like to start this out by like just giving you like that opportunity to kind of give your your synopsis, you know, the cliff notes on Rihanna. Yeah. You know? So yeah. tell us about it. Yeah. So, um, you know, as we talked about earlier, I was born in California and then my family picked us up and moved to a very small town in Idaho. Um, it was small. <laughs> very conservative. Yeah. Predominantly Mormon. Grew like up more in the conservative church. than Greenville, South Carolina? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was, right. uh, you know, it was a small town. So when you pulled into the town, there was a sign that said, welcome to Weezer. We love our kids. It was very family-oriented, very family-based, um, played sports, and we were not allowed to wear the spandex compression shorts for volleyball because, as our athletic director stated, our town wasn't ready for that type of change. So that says how conservative we were. Yeah. <laughs> so um, grew up on a farm. It was awesome. It was like the best way to grow up as a kid. Like, I don't feel bad for kids that grow up in cities, but having the space to get creative and figure out what to do with your life. And we live like 15 miles out of town, so nobody ever wanted to play with us. Like, mm. parents didn't want to take us into town. Nobody wanted to come to us. We're so my not brother driving and all I were, the way out there. Yeah, yeah. So my brother and I had to get creative with what to do with our time, um, which brought me into sports, which was awesome. And then I got recruited to play volleyball back in California and moved to Thousand Oaks. California Lutheran University is where I went to get my undergrad. And then obviously fell in love with the beach and um, the work that I was doing 
in the psychology field and got my license out there as a licensed marriage and family therapist. That's the, um, the title that they license you under there. And um, yeah, I lived there for 15 years before moving out here. Great. Talk to me about, you know, when you talk about the being licensed and all that, I mean, what, what were the, your primary like day to day? Like, were you talking to a lot of couples talking to a lot mm -hmm. of kids like what was where was it a mix like mm -hmm. what yeah so my passion um has always been working with youth okay um i started out working in residential treatment centers and um you know i there's a gap for those that kind of fall between the gaps in in school and their mm -hmm. families there's kind of that one kid that somehow just falls between the lines of where they fit in and being understood. And so um, my private practice uh, was uh, about five-year-old was the youngest kid I saw to about 23. That was my expertise kind of niche area. Yeah. And um, I always worked with the parents. So a lot of times I would have sessions with the child and then would do like a 30 minute follow up with the parents afterwards, or I'd meet with the parents on a separate time. So, you know, my belief is, uh, when a parent comes in saying, please fix my child, uh, I look at them first and say, well, what can we do to change what you're doing in the home too? I was about to say how, how, what percentage of the time is the problem parent? Oh yeah. Well, and <laughs> you know, sometimes the interesting thing is there's always an IP, right? The identified patient that comes in, but it's never really that client that is having the bigger issues. It's stemming from something else. And so a lot of times it is a very holistic approach and looking at, at the entire family dynamic and breaking apart, you know, where are their communication gaps and, you know, where are their, um, you know, disconnects between who's feeling understood and not feeling understood. So, so it is, um, you know, it really is a, it, a, a whole family approach to things and a lot of times like the parents will drop off the kid and leave and I'll say well make sure you're back you know because I need 20 minutes with you too because I've got to send you away with what to do next yeah it's fascinating you know we talked leading up to this you know we're working on a program with a, f a good buddy of mine generation success mm -hmm. which is really trying to give personal development and coaching and both on the personal development side and the fitness and financial side, mm -hmm. you know, these kids are going to school and learning topics that we learned 50 years ago yeah, and that don't really help <laughs> no. them how learn how to be functioning adults. No. And so we're trying to flip the script with that program, which I would love to get you involved with, but you know, it's such a different time, yeah. you know, with smartphones, mm -hmm. with the availability of information. Mm hmm. I, you know, when I was growing up, I played in Nintendo yes. and I had my What was moments, your favorite Nintendo game? Mike Tyson's Punch-Out. <laughs> you know, like. I the fat man <laughs> that you hit with the. Yeah, the <laughs> I knew I could literally go through the whole thing. Like by the time, like in like 20 minutes, it was crazy. I, yeah. could, I was like, I destroyed people with Little Mac running. He would do the jogging, yeah. like training. <laughs> like I knew the whole, I can still up our 007-373-5763. <laughs> is the code that's the code to get directly to oh mike tyson oh my gosh that was me and my brother with contra boom up like. up down down left right left right b a b a select exactly. start unlo unlimited yeah. lives unlimited <laughs> lives yeah contra was like a uh, it's like one a and one b yeah mike tyson's and oh, then uh that's so funny yeah i can still get in that i haven't played it in 20 oh, years yeah. but that is like brain but anyway but so we get video games were around mm -hmm. when i grew up but 
I think the smartphone and the connectivity and the information overload that's going on well, and the level of safety which, which, with which parents feel their kids have out in the community. Like, kids don't play outside like we played outside. Yeah. So there's, like, the technology, and then there's the community safety, and, like, the just the change demographically in where kids put their attention. How do you unwind it? Like, how do you put it back, the genie back in the bottle? So... You know, I have four. Bo- I have four boys. Oh, four. Okay, I thought you had three. Well, uh, to your, some pictures don't. We can't always fit them all in, or or Nash. One's running in this way. Because we so. have we have we have seven, uh, seven, seven, and nine. Uh, we have a a, bar, a modern blended family. Mm-hmm. Uh, my wife has a son from her first marriage, and I have two from mine. Mm-hmm. And then we have one together. His, hers, and ours. Yes. And so, but Nash is two. Okay. So he's kind of on the outskirts. He's mm-hmm. younger. So he doesn't always make all the pictures because sometimes he's with the babysitter. Okay. Like Legoland, he'll listen to this at some point uh, and go, oh, Screw you, Dad. You always left me out of everything. He's staying home. I take the older boys to Legoland. But where I'm headed with this, you know, the kids play tablets. They play video games. My nine-year-old is especially into it. Mm-hmm. It's like I know it's our responsibility, and we talked about this before, like how much accessibility we give. Mm-hmm. But how do you unwind or take, you know, put the genie back in the bottle once they've kind of, they love that experience and they want to do that. Now, they want to get outside too, so we do balance it. And and I think my wife and I do as good a job as anyone. We've got them in sports and they love that. But, like, I do worry Mm -hmm. and I think about it with Gen S and the other programs, just kids in general, like how you unwind or how you manage the video game interconnected world we live in. Yeah. Well, and it's hard because, I mean, schools use them too now. Yeah. You know, they're teaching with tablets. Yeah, Yeah. they're teaching with tablets. So, I mean, part of it is is generational. And so, you know, they're being being introduced to it at younger ages. I think as parents, where you can step in is really teaching the relationship balance between – um, what a human connection and what's real and what's going to provide you with intrinsic value yeah. and what's going to provide you with information. Because what happens is a lot of times kids get in front of these video games and somehow it provides an intrinsic value to them and an intrinsic motivation because they feel like they are a part of something. Right. And so I think what happens a lot of times is families nowadays are busy and jobs are more pressured and there's just a lot more I think called on us as adults which then bleeds into the kids and so there is a disconnect between the family time spent and the extracurricular activities and where there's conversation being had and instead like this technology is taking the place of some of that and so the intrinsic value that we got instilled in us as kids because we didn't have those distractions is being missed out on yep and then there's this gap and their ability to communicate and their ability to problem solve and their ability to be connected to their emotions and their ability to be mindful of others and how their behaviors affect everyone else around them. Like there's this miss because their interactions are happening right in front of them right now with something that isn't real. Yeah. So it's a 
you know, there's almost like this missed value. <laughs> yeah, I know. In, in some ways, it's so beneficial because having that information available, having the learning tools, mm -hmm. and like, there's a lot of like, I love technology Same. for all of those things, but it also scares the shit out of me <laughs> because, yeah. you know, it's they're just not ready. And unless you back, you mentioned the safety part. You know, we were my wife and I were talking about you know, they're playing these games where there's connected and kids are just like creepers yeah. on there oh like yeah. trying to do things. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. geez, yeah. you know. Or it's like silly ma mundane stuff. Like I, my nieces and nephews will sit and watch YouTube commercials on stuff. Oh and I'm yeah. like, how, how is this even entertaining? Like that's what entertainment's become. Yeah. Is like stupid shit. Yeah, exactly. And that's what's weird to me is like, what happened to the entertainment that we used to create, whether it was like playing with our siblings. I mean, my brother and I, like I had mentioned, we live so far out of town. It was, we would ride our dirt bikes in between the cornfields and see who could scare the other one out by hiding. And we would go fishing and a lot of it was outdoors. And if it wasn't, it was, you know, playing cards. We played gin rummy all the time as a <laughs> family. And like we miss out on that stuff because it takes more time. It takes yeah. teaching. It takes patience. And we're evolving, I think, just as a human race of things being more pressured and time sensitive and all of that kind of stuff that we're those connections are being lost. Yeah. And again, like technology is great. You know, mm. like I wouldn't have a business without it. Right. But we have to learn to set better limits with ourselves, I think. Yeah. You and just to put a fine point, like my kids, we do, I think, a good job. We force them out, not force them, but we, we, we <laughs> just say, We're, you're going to play. And then they start playing and they're happy and they as larks. About it. You know, they forget about yeah. it. Yeah. I don't know so. how many parents I work with that, like, once they take something away, and their child forgets that it's not there. They end up doing things. But then as soon as they reintroduce that, the video game or whatever it is, it's like, oh, they're not coming out. I'm like, you didn't need to give it back to them. Yeah. Didn't you exactly. see? They were doing really great before. So, yeah, it is. It is interesting. And, I mean, I could imagine for someone like you, like four kids, like yeah, how do you get it quiet in the house? Well, with the blended family, we have four half the time. Okay. And one half. You know, we have... Nicole's son, I don't know, 75% of the time, mm -hmm. but, uh, and then Nash never goes anywhere. <laughs> we <j> <laughs> it's kind of a joke when I'm having this story. It's like Nash never goes anywhere. <laughs> you know, we're shipping them left and right. Uh, but so it's, we have our, we've balanced it out pretty good. The, um, talk to me about, you know, your coaching style and like, what's some of your philosophies and what's the, your approaches and kind of this self mastery, you know, mm -hmm. that's really fascinating to me. You know, I, I am a big believer in this in the personal development space. Like I try to really convey that with my social channels, mm -hmm. the positivity, and just tr there's just so much negativity out there, and so mm -hmm. much judging, and so much all this. But talk to me about self mastery and like what you do from the coaching perspective and mm -hmm. some of those philosophies. Yeah, well, you know, I I had told you earlier since moving to South Carolina, getting my license has been a bit of a challenge. So I've had to get creative and using a skill set that I know I was given for a reason. Yeah. Um, because I, I do great work with, with kids and I, I love what I do. Um, and over this last year in my own personal growth, cause like you, it's something that I seek. I, had my own therapist for years and then I hired a coach instead and tried a different light and hired a business coach and, you know, 
business coaches, if they're really good coaches, are gonna do very similar things to coaches and therapists because there's typically underlying things that are getting in the way of you know getting you to where you wanna go. And, um, and so along that growth period, there was a lot of my own learning lessons that I had to break down that working with children, I'm great at because I can see it from the kid's perspective. And I went through a lot in my own childhood that really helped me to understand their hurts and what they needed. And I think because I'm so playful, I get to be, I think, who they're trying to be in their family or in their community or with their parents. And so I do that part really well. And so as I've kind of evolved and expanded into um, working with a lot more younger adults and you know people that have gone through similar things as I have, um, I had to, you know, really get clear on where I was at. And so a lot of what I do now with my clients is because of what I've learned. I get to use my educational background and, and all of my teaching and all of the trainings I've gone to, but I had to learn how to master my own self first. Yeah. And that took a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> it always does. It took a lot yeah. of work. But you know, my philosophy now comes from a place of being able to look at where you're at and saying, okay, like, what have I built and what have I established? Because all of it was not for wrongdoing, right. whether it's working or not working. I don't care about that piece. Like, you've done something that's gotten you to where you're at, but you're not happy with where that is. And so what are the things that you need to acknowledge and say thank you to about where you're at and who you are and what stuff do you want to start kind of unpeeling and losing and kind of letting go of and shedding and then mastering those new kind of qualities and skill sets and feelings, all areas. What is it that you really want so that you can take that and become that next version of right. yourself? And that's kind of like what the rad frontier, that's what my, my business is about is, you know, a frontier is that space on the other side of where you're already settled and established. And so I help my clients to go beyond that line. Mm. And whether it's just kind of like, as kids, how you would like run up to the ocean and then the waves kind of come and you run back because you don't want them to get you. Like whether it's chasing it and then running back because it's a little bit scared chasing it running back, but eventually you're gonna get your feet wet. And then eventually you're gonna go to that first wave that hits you at your belly. And then eventually you're gonna go under the first one and it might tow you around and then bring you up and be like, oh my God, why did I do that? But you're going to want to keep going further and further. And that's, that's what self-mastery coaching and that's the work that I do is getting people to kind of continue going beyond where they've been because you can only master yourself as far as you've currently gone. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. It's, uh, it's interesting using the word, I, you know, you say frontier, I think pioneering, mm -hmm. like, you know, yeah. like, you know, like, yeah. you know, trailblazing yep. kind of like through it, you know, yep. like, and everything. It and does look, you got to lose the ox. Yeah. In the Oregon Trail, you lose the ox. <laughs> you might get malaria. Someone's going to die. Yeah. Like, that's what, but that's what it's about. Like, it, it's funny because I think, and I'm, I learned this about myself, and I see this in my clients is we start to identify with with one set of beliefs about who we are. Yeah. And we take those and we run with them. But along the way, we hit these like pockets where it's like something doesn't feel right, but I can't change who I am because this is what, this is who I've created and this is how everybody knows me to be. And to think of going any different direction 
is like wild to some yeah. people because it yeah. makes no sense. It would mean, you know, your relationship might have to have to change a little bit or the way you parent might have to change a little bit or the way you are in your career might have to change a little bit. But all of that like is, is so benign sometimes because that's not who I am. But really like who you are, if you're open to the idea of it being something different is like, to me, so much more exciting, whether you know where you're going next with it or not. Yeah. And that's what the frontier is. Yeah, I love it. So I deal with this. I, I even had a post about this on one of my social channels, like with the more clients and people that I work with and even in marketing and whatever, the fear of and worry of what other people think mm-hmm. is, is the common denominator that I see in everyone that I work with, even mm-hmm. on the professional level, like we're not, I'm not their psychologist, even though some days I may feel like it, mm-hmm. but it's, there's this innate fear of like worried about what the smallest minority of people think or care or do mm-hmm. about their own actions. I mean, do you run up against that? I yeah. Mean well, isn't it funny as adults, it seems to get worse. Oh yeah. It's, <laughs> but we say we don't care. Yeah, exactly. But it, but we do. We all care. Yeah, it's we not all like do. I, I don't no. sit from a position of saying like I've just got it made because I don't care what people think. We all care what people think, but when it debilitates your ability to change yeah. in a positive way yeah. or to explore a new frontier mm-hmm. or to do something because mm-hmm. you're so paralyzed by that fear of what. I mean, there's a feel of failure. There's a big stalling point, but it's. I think it comes back to like this fear of what people think. Oh, totally. So I was, when we first moved to Idaho, I was the toe head, tan skinned, like neon clothing, 80s to a T kid in a farming community filled with wranglers, ropers, and button up you know, t-shirts. What Little House, was it Little House on the Prairie? Felt like it. <laughs> so, I'm like, seeing Michael Landon like yeah. running through the field with, <laughs> yeah. uh, what was his daughter's name? Oh, Laura <laughs> Laura, <Ingles>. Laura Ingalls. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. I could still remember watching that show and every time my mom cried, I'm like, why are you crying? It's not that sad. She went blind. Uh, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh uh, man, that's so funny. Yes, it was exactly like that, which is funny because where I was born in Simi Valley was where that show was actually recorded. Fun fact. Um, But I, so my brother and I were severely bullied, like bad, really bad. We didn't fit in, came from a different place. People don't like new people. And I mean, I was called every name in the book, pushed around on the bus, come home crying every day. It was horrible. Then you know, insert me in my early 20s. I'd gotten my first tattoo on my back and I'm doing this job that I love. I'm going into homes, helping these families whose kids are about to be taken out and either hospitalized or put into juvenile hall. And I get pulled in uh, from my supervisor one day. I, I think I was wearing like a tank top or something. And they said, you know, a family called and said, you know, it's, they just, they felt offended by your tattoo. It's a lotus flower, by the way. <laughs> So, um, is that some secret potion? Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Is she cursing us? Yeah, so, you know, they, they <laughs> didn't like that. And then, you know, I was raised, I was raised in the church. I grew up very Christian. My, my family all goes to church still. My brother works for a church. And 
um, you know, going back to the, what we were talking about earlier about, uh, you know, asking for permission to cuss, yeah. um, <laughs> you know, in, in my, in my family's eyes, I'm, I'm not professional because of the language that I choose to use and that it affects the way that I build my clientele and all those sort of things. And it's interesting because it was after that interaction that I started to look back at all these, um, things that I experienced over time where I was communicated that I couldn't be who I wanted. You don't fit in. You're not accepted. You're not doing what we expect you to do. And what I realized was I don't fucking care. <laughs> like I don't care anymore. And why I don't care is because I had to give up the idea of how I identified with myself. And when I moved here from California, I was married, I owned a home, I had a great set of friends, an awesome community, I had a badass career and a very, you know, I was very well known in my community for how I worked with kids and I left it behind and I came with the things that I thought were important and then I lost all of those. And I realized that like, I think what happens for us as adults is we identify with what we care about because of what it looks like to the outside. And if from the outside, it doesn't look accepting, then we have to change something about it and we have to fix it because we want this social acceptance. And people as adults that say they don't, they do. Yeah. Because there's something about it that is missing for us to say, if I don't have any of it, I still feel awesome. And I think that's what happens is, is like, if you can lose it all and still say, I really don't care because like I'm happy with who I am and I don't need any sort of... Uh, external influence. I don't need any ob objectional influence of some sort. And I feel really happy with who I am. Like that's when you can really feel alive and oh you yeah. can be happy with where you're at. And I think that's what we struggle with now as adults is like, there's a, like what I'm seeing the trend is, is like, there's this growing feeling of like, I'm not feeling fulfilled enough. Like there's something missing and I don't know what it is. And I believe that that comes from this lack of just being happy with yourself. And we've, gone for far too long filling it with you know relationship and kids and activities and all these other things and then there's like this missing piece like what is it yeah it all starts with yourself though it's i'm gonna come full circle to where you were mm -hmm. talking earlier if if you can't you've got to get right with yourself mm -hmm. and figuring out you know, and a lot uh, it's it's popular, especially in the personal development. And but I believe in it, like finding out your why and what matters to you, and and like being able to separate exactly what you said. And I don't remember the exact words you used, but like the the perception of yourself. Yeah. Like separating like that away, not the perception of what someone else thinks you should be or why you should be it right but like really getting down to like your core fundamental self mm -hmm. and like really getting honest with yourself of what makes you happy and what you want to do and all of those things yeah if you can figure that out it seems to all come together but that's not what we're ever taught no and i think that's where your program is going to be doing some really cool things because if we could if we could go back to like a more I, I, you know, I'm, I mean, I think we need to lose things and be challenged in order to like really figure out what's important to us and, and where we can thrive more. But if we could teach that at a younger age, I don't think as many people <laughs> would have to suffer as much yeah. as I know I did. And I think, you know, I always preface this when I meet with clients is like, I am, I still have not figured this out. 
Like I'm still learning and there are still areas in my life that I 100% acknowledge that when I meet with my coach, I'm like, I've brought this up for the fifth time and I don't know why I can't get out of it. Like I'm still figuring out the shift. The difference is self-awareness. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, totally. (laughs) And I think that's the piece, right? Is like, we're, we're just not taught to become aware of like all those things that maybe we're interested in or that we're want, we want, you know, we're kind of being shoved in all these different areas. And as we grow up, it's like, this is what you do and this is how you handle it. And these are the things that are important, but it's like, I, w- I wish that I would have been taught more about emotional resiliency at a young age. And I wish that I would have been taught, like there's going to be times when it gets really hard and you're going to want to give up and you're not going to feel like anybody gets you. Like, let's have a class where we just sit down and talk about potential s- things that might happen, not to scare the kids, but to say like, somebody's eventually going to leave you. And so at some point, like you're going to feel like you don't have, you know, the support or the money or the person that's going to help you get somewhere. We don't have any of that. And so then we don't, you know, we're not prepared. And maybe that's part of living, right? Is that you don't get prepared for any of it. But yeah. I think that we don't talk about it enough. And then what happens is, is we start to raise these kids and, you know, people like me who hold things in. And then we don't express ourselves enough. And then we go into our relationships not communicating, you know, as great. And then, you know, there's, it gets passed on to our kids. I don't have children, you know, and I'm grateful for that just because of being able to start over and, and leave where I was and not have to worry about that tie. But right. I also think that's why I work so well with kids is that I see it from the kid's perspective. Right. Like when I come in, I'm not trying to parent you because I know better than you. Like I come in because I can see what your kid is wanting. I'm going to communicate that to you in a way so that you can then go out and help your kid feel like they're being understood. Because typically at the end of the day, that's what happens with all my kids, whether they're aggressive or they're shut down or they're cutting or they're super depressed. It always comes down to like, they just don't feel understood Hmm. and they don't know how to communicate that. Where's, where are you going with the podcast and with, you know, what's the, what's the future hold? I'm going to have a multi-part here, you know, where are we going with the podcast Okay. and any, you know, we're going to give you some plugs here at the end. Cause I, 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 people in Greenville need to be working with you and, and I know you can work anywhere, yep. but in this town particularly. So we're going to get that word out, but any, I want any, um, like quick tips or like, are there any, I know there's not quick fixes to this stuff and they need to work with you, but is there diet, health, mental exercises, any quick tips, uh, and then where we're going with the podcast? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so let's see from the health and wellness. So, uh, health wise, you know, it's, it's been interesting. I've been on like my, I would call quote unquote health and wellness journey for probably about six years. Like I, you know, I was always an athlete, but I was an unhealthy athlete, um, I used, after graduating from college, I used running as like a punishment. I mean, I enjoyed it, but it was more like, oh, I ate all of this. Now I have to go run 15 miles. And I would run. I mean, I ran like 60 miles a week. I loved running. But the mindset behind it wasn't healthy. And I had an unhealthy relationship with food. And I learned over time as I started to explore things that had to do with, you know, how food was discussed in my family and just what was role modeled to me. And... A lot of us, I believe, are um, in some way chemically 
disconnected between what our brain tells us and what our stomach is telling us. And so again, like I'm really all about the relationship that we have, you know, self mastery is about having the best relationship with yourself. And so there's all these different relationships with people outside of you, food, fitness, health, all that stuff. And so, um, when it, when, when I became more aware of all of these areas that affect how I can treat myself, I began to kind of practice that on some of my clients. And so when it comes to being healthy, there's this balance overall. And that's, you know, what I work with with the women that I have. So outside of um, doing mental health coaching, I work with women who have a struggle with losing weight. And I don't care about the weight. That's not my goal with them. My goal is to help them develop a healthier relationship between themselves and food and fitness. And um, so these women all have a breakdown, typically when it comes to the beliefs that they have about uh, what they deserve. And, you know, we all have a reward and consequence system that we're born into somehow. Um, And so I start to break down some of those barriers. Um, and then, uh, typically introduce new ways to find, you know, being active. Cause a lot of times, again, like I generated the idea of like running 60 miles was the only way that I was going to stay thin <laughs> and be healthy. And like, that's such crap. Yep. Like you could just walk right. and be healthy. So we have to kind of break down those expectations of like having to be like those supermodels that we see on <laughs> Yeah, well, on social media, I I know I joke (laughs) about that sometimes. I I do my I monthly post about uh kind of the fakeness of of how everyone, you know, positions themselves and all that. And it's too much. It's too much. Even for me, sometimes I see and I'll I'll look for a second, be like, dang, like I want to be like that, but I'm like, but I really like pizza. (laughs) <laughs> and sometimes I want a Reese's peanut butter cup and Me I too. don't want to be mad at myself for making that choice. Yeah. And I think that's the thing is like the more that we can learn to own our choices and be okay with them because our body responds to us. Mm-hmm. Like it really somatically responds to us. So when we make a choice, if we automatically beat ourselves up over it, our body's going to hold on to that whether it's energetically or emotionally, or it's going to hold on to that food. So the more that we can say, okay, I made that choice. Dang, that was so good. I'm glad I made that choice. Tomorrow I'm going to make a different choice, but today that felt really good. Like it's going to let go of it quicker. So it's just, it's, it's an interesting belief system that, you know, might sound woo woo for some, but I, I, our body it carries energy. Yeah. So we have to decide how we use that energy. Is it going to be in a negative, consequencing sort of response, or is it going to be with an accepting, gracious, more compassionate response? So, you know, it's, in, it's funny because more people, and you could tell me your opinion on this, like more people will seek out help when it comes to fitness than when it comes to mental health oh or yeah. emotional health. Oh, without question. But you can't be Because you fit. can see it. Yeah. Oh, totally. It's, it's, yeah. it's you know, that connection with the eyes. Uh, you know, yep. you, you see. Mm-hmm. It, you can't hide Look from, what I from did. The, yeah, you, you <laughs> see that you, it's like real life and your friends see it and you see it and you feel it. But mental health, while I would argue over the long haul becomes much more visible because mm-hmm. of how the person changes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's not, a, it's, you know, it's not as visible. It's behind the, it's kind of gets buried behind, yeah. you know, everything else. And yeah. 
pushed down, but I think people don't mind because look, I know, look, I'm fat or I'm out of shape or I'm, you know, whatever uh, mm-hmm. your your physical you know thing is. It's usually visual. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's definitely yeah. Uh, a well, difference. Well, there's there's also I think there's something more personal to something's wrong with me help train me to build muscle or lose weight. Like there's less of a, it's almost to me and I could be wrong, but this is just my personal opinion. There's less of a responsibility that underlies train me to build muscle or make a meal plan. Cause you kind of are given all of it. Yeah. Whereas in the emotional and mental place, there's this personification that something's wrong with me. But in reality, it's much scarier to take the responsibility on to actually make the changes yourself. Cause oh. you can't somebody that's coaching you over in those two areas can't change anything. Like you actually have to choose to make a difference. Whereas with training, like the person is with their, with you physically or providing you with a meal plan or whatever. Yep. So like you don't have to take as much responsibility. You're just doing what they tell you. Yeah. It's not just a checklist on the paper and you can do it. Like I eat this amount and then that time of day and it might be hard, mm-hmm. but you can kind of check the boxes quickly. Those, mm-hmm. the, the mental and psychological changes are not, a ch- they can be on a checklist, but they take a lot more work. Yeah. And yeah time. And like you said, nobody sees them. Exactly. And we are in an era where like, we like to kind of show, <laughs> yeah. show off what we're doing. Exactly. I mean, I'm not opposed to flexing my muscles after a good gym workout. <laughs> little, so, little mirror action. Yeah. yeah. I just don't do the booty pop thing like the girls do. Oh, boy. I don't there know how that. Go. Rad Frontier Podcast. What's the plans for the year? Just kind of yeah. taking it as it goes. And yeah. So I was... Um, saying earlier like I kick myself for not starting this over a year ago I wanted to do it a year ago you had the sabbatical you know come on well you know it was funny (laughs) there was a bit of judgment and obviously I didn't feel like I was in the right place and in my opinion I can't at that point I felt like I couldn't motivate or inspire or provide people with the things that I wasn't doing yet And I didn't want to be that hypocritical person. Now, again, I'm not perfect, and there are still areas that I'm working on. And I share a lot of that. I'm pretty transparent in in what I do because I feel like, you know, we're all in this together. And that's, you know, we all live a very parallel life. As much as we feel like nobody gets us or as much as we feel like we're on this track and, like, nobody else is there with us, like, that's so not true. Um, And so when I had first started podcasting in, gosh, when was that? June or July, I started with a friend of mine and I'm so grateful for her because I think she got me out of that belief that I couldn't get started yet. Um, but doing a podcast with two people is really hard and I would see a client and get super inspired and be like, Oh my gosh, I want to record. But then I'd have to like wait for her. And so I decided to start over with the rad frontier podcast. And so yeah, it's just a baby. We're just kindred spirits here with the rad, radical, yeah, like yeah. all this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's just a baby. <laughs> but I'm, you know, I'm getting, uh, so I've got some guests lined up and uh, my my intent behind it is I want to have something like this where it's conversational, but there's also some learning involved. Yeah. And because, again, like I don't know a lot of people here, it's going to be my way of just yeah. being able to get out and meet more people. Um, and so I, I really hope that it, it 
takes off. Like yeah. I'll, I do some solos where yeah. like after I've seen a client or there's something been going on, I like to just share like a 10 or 15 minute something rather. Um, I just did one on motivation the other day and, um, and then I have guests on that yeah. have a great story too. Cause those are, you know, it always kind of shakes you up like, oh yeah, my life's not as bad as sometimes I wallow myself to be in or like, I'm not really <laughs> dealing with that big of a challenge or, you know what I mean? Yeah. I so, yeah. So it's growing. Well, I really appreciate you coming on. Thank um, you. How can people that want to get in touch or follow you and all those things, maybe give everybody mm-hmm. how they find you? Yeah. So, um, I've separated my social media a little bit because I just don't want to my brand to be confusing. So, um, my Facebook, uh, which is just my name, Brianna Morse. It's B R I O N N A M O R S E. Cause a lot of people spell it wrong (laughs) or pronounce it wrong. Um, but my Facebook page is predominantly for health and wellness. Um, that's where I do a lot of, um, talking to, again, those women that are struggling with weight loss. And I just provide a lot of health tips. I'm big on gut health and probiotics and prebiotics. And I talk a lot about like serotonin and, you know, sleeping and all that kind of stuff. So if you're a health person and if they're male too, they can go, they'll love what I post. But, um, that's what's there. Um, my Instagram, which again is my name is, um, more focused on my, my coach, my coaching, self mastery coaching and like the podcasting and stuff like that. So, um, yeah. Well, uh, definitely check out Brianna Morse on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, a wealth of knowledge, a lot of great experience. We're excited to have her in Greenville. Thank you. And, you know, a lot of people listen nationwide, even some international stuff. I was looking at our analytics. But uh, I'm sure with all the social channels, uh, Brianna will be willing to work with. However, I'm sure you work with people in and out of market, don't you? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, uh, 90% of my clients I see remotely. So, we do Skype sessions and FaceTime sessions. So, it makes it easy for, you know, anyone with any type of schedule, which is what I like. Because sometimes, you know, it's hard to fit ourselves into the daily life that we have. So, I've created a program that makes it a lot easier for you to put yourself first for a change there you go i love it well really appreciate you coming on and look forward to getting to know you better in and around town and uh let's do it again sometime yeah thank you cool well this is ryan alford really enjoyed today's episode with brianna morse check her out uh a lot of good content here today uh follow us at radical.company at radical underscore uh results on instagram and uh, we'll talk to you next time.